Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to this week's episode of Stacking the Box. It is myself back together again with Sterling Holmes. Uh, and we, I think, I think it's fair to say, Sterling, that we are past the peak of the dog days of summer. I think we're on our way to the football season because I think rookies have shown up to training camp. Nine different training camps, I think, rookies uh, showed up today. So football's here. It's kind of in some way the start of the football season right now. Finally, 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 finally. You and I took over and started doing this podcast in the dog days when there was nothing going on, when we had to talk about the hypotheticals of Lamar Jackson week in and week out before Aaron Rodgers was a Jet. But here we are, you know, as you mentioned, nine teams have reported to training camp. I know Kansas City Chiefs, we have the rookies, we have the quarterbacks, including Patrick Mahomes. It's an exciting time. Every team right now. They all have Super Bowl aspirations, whether the Houston Texans, the Eagles, the Bills, the Chiefs, you're zero and zero. No losses yet on the ledger. Now is the time. This is the fun part of the year. Yeah, so that actually gives us some things to talk about. So on today's show, um, we're going to talk about uh, there's a revolt going on in the NFL, Sterling, amongst running backs. Uh, so we're going to touch on that. DeAndre Hopkins with the Titans going to talk about that. Uh, everything else going on around the league as well. We will end the show this time with the Immaculate Grid. Sterling, before we went live, you said that you have not looked at it. You don't really know what it is. So that's going to be fun to see uh, if we can get through that together as a team. Um, and then we're going to start off the show with biggest and loser, biggest winners and losers from the past week. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, direction we both go in there. But let's start off by the ad read. Let's get this out of the way and then we can jump into the show. NFL fans, DraftKings has upgraded their sign-up offer for a limited time. If you're a new user, you can receive $200 in bonus bets by following just three steps. Number one, create an account. Number two, make a deposit. And then number three, wager at least $5 on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you'll still receive $200 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code STB. If you're watching this on YouTube, you see the code down on the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. STB, that stands for Stack in the Box. The best part is using our code STB not only gets you the bonus, but also supports the podcast. If you're considering signing up for DraftKings, and you certainly should, definitely use our code STB to maximize your first bets. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for the full terms of the offer. Promo code STB. You're catching up to me in regards <laughs> to the, the disclaimer there. We got to get a timer on us. 
yes, we should do a competition. Who can get through the disclaimers as quickly as possible? That was that was a pretty good run for me. I'm pretty it was proud pretty of myself. I know I'm very proud. I was I was astounded by you. I mean, frankly, this is like the combine for for people who who talk on podcasts and radio. We don't have the forty yard dash. No. Okay, we have the ad read time. Yes. All right. I love it. Let's talk biggest and winners and losers from the past week. Uh, why don't you start us off, Sterling? We'll go winner, winner. Then we'll talk some losers. Who is the biggest winner from the past week, Sterling? Go. Uh, I guess me. I'd say yeah. the fans. Let's be real now. It's, the, it's yes. the fans because training camp is is underway. It will be underway, and we have legitimate stuff to talk about. Every fan can now have the dream of their team making the playoffs, of making a run. You're talking now about seeing the rookies a lot, a lot for the first time in person. Uh, you're seeing the quarterbacks reporting to camp. You're getting a real good feel um, of what your team hopefully will end up looking like. You're going to start seeing the training camp battles. You'll see the wide receiver battles. Who makes the team? Who misses the team? Who are some uh, some surprises? Uh, maybe some contracts get extended as well. This is a real fun part of the year because you have actual hope and you see actual plays being uh, drawn up. You're seeing uh, the rookies on the field a, a lot of times for the first time, not just in in shorts and a T-shirt, but maybe even some pads. Like, this is a real exciting part of the year. So I will say the fans are the biggest winner. I like it. I agree with that. Like you said, we're all 0-0. It's all – you know what being a sports fan is all about? It's actually not even about winning championships, like watching your team win championships. It's actually about hope is why we watch sports. As long as we have hope – that our team can win a championship. That's what makes it exciting. And right now, almost every single team has hope for now. Outside Uh, of Atlanta. (laughs) We're making the playoffs. Actually, last week when I was uh, uh, on here with Reed Wallach, my bold prediction, Sterling, get your quick thoughts on this. The Falcons to win a playoff game this year. Not just make the playoffs, win one playoff game. Mm, Don't like it. I, I, I would I would say a hot take is them making the playoffs and I would be like, oh. OK, I can I can see that. I don't think they do personally, but I could see it. We went to this schedule before. You're a yes. Falcons guy. I have to try and be cordial on here with you because I don't want to hurt your feelings too bad. But they're not winning a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go through their whole thing again. I, I, I've I, made my stand. I've made my points. I still think my Falcons, even though I'm definitely biased, I think they can win a playoff game. Steak dinner? Um, you, you want a little, little, little action yes. on this? Yes, steak dinner. Done. Okay. Done. Um, all right, my biggest winner for this week is Aaron Donald. Sterling, do you have any idea why I'm calling Aaron Donald the biggest winner this week? Why is he the biggest winner? Um, this is kind of the final stretch of the dog days of summer, so I... I, I was struggling a little bit to find a winner in the NFL this year. I came up with Aaron Donald because for the seventh time, which is a new record, Aaron Donald has been giving a 99 rating in Madden. <laughs> wow. So the most years of, of a one single player being rated 99 in the video game Madden, a game that I haven't played in a decade because it stinks now, but still 99, seven years straight. Pretty good. Do you think Aaron Donald deserves to be still part of the 99 club. Yeah, I guess. I, I have no no qualms with it. I mean, it, it's him, Chris Jones, Quinnen Williams. Uh, Chris Jones last year was probably better than Aaron Donald was, if you look at statistics. But Aaron Donald was also hurt last year. And, and when he was healthy on the field, Aaron Donald was still making a major impact. I, I do think Madden takes into account the name factor. They take into yes. account the um, – 
what you have done in the past, I don't have any issue with it. Again, it's Madden. If you're, if you're taking everything, how good a player is because of his rating and Madden and equating that to real life a little bit, that's, that's on you. Yes, I agree. But regardless, I'll name Aaron Donald for that reason. My winner of the week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either big Mac burger, McNuggets or McCrispy sandwich, but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think the losers of the week are a little bit more fascinating because I think this week there's a lot of different ways we could go with losers of the week. Um, but why don't you start us off? Who's the biggest loser over the past week? Uh, I actually went with DeAndre Hopkins. And this might be a yes. surprise to some people because DeAndre Hopkins signed a contract and he got a two-year contract. You look at the money, it's not bad. But when you think about it in regards to what other wide receivers of lesser caliber have received over the past two seasons, you'd have to – consider this a loss for DeAndre Hopkins. While, yes, he missed six games last year, it wasn't because of injury. It was because of his own doing. DeAndre Hopkins, when he was healthy, he was a major factor for Arizona with uh, a bunch of bums throwing him the rock, and he was still putting up huge numbers. You know, OBJ signed a one-year, was it $15 million up to $18 million deal, while I think part of that was a let's make Lamar Jackson happy. And I think other teams around the NFL said, hey, we're not the Ravens. Just so other teams, they point to Deshaun Watson's contract and say, hey, you're not going to get fully guaranteed. We're not the Browns. Maybe some of that had an effect here. But DeAndre Hopkins, much better than OBJ, much more consistent than OBJ. And oh, by the way, not coming off of a major, major injury. I was a little surprised that his market was not higher. I will also point out Tennessee is where aging wide receivers, their careers end. Andre Johnson. Julio Jones. I, I mean, the Randy Moss, the list goes on and on. I don't like this for DeAndre Hopkins. I, I understand that you're not going to come out into the media and say, hey, yeah, I'm going to take whoever gives me the most money. But that's what happened. Let, let's not get it twisted. Tennessee's not winning. I know it, they're zero and zero, and every team has hope this time of the year. The AFC is loaded, and Ryan Tannehill is not going to be the guy that pushes you over the edge when you have Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and oh yeah, Patrick Mahomes in the AFC. Oh, by the way, the Jets are better too with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I don't think they're winning anything. He went where the most money was. I was just surprised at the lack of larger offers to DeAndre Hopkins. This is a loss for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I even said before he signed with the Titans, I said, I think when the first time we were talking about DeAndre Hopkins is that his career trajectory trajectory reminds me a lot of Julio Jones. And now here he is going to the Titans, just like Julio Jones did. Um, and it wasn't he the guy who like listed off the quarterbacks that he wanted to play with this upcoming season. Uh, I don't recall Ryan Daniel being on that list, unfortunately. Mm. So no, surprisingly, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> who wouldn't want to play uh, with Ryan Tannehill. So I agree. Uh, I would say he might be the number one biggest loser this week. Um, outside of the next topic that we're going to talk about before we get to that, my loser is HBO Hard Knocks, which is a show I haven't watched a lot over the past few years because I, I, I just it hasn't really interested me. I actually kind of find it a little bit boring, but now it's going to get even worse. After all the hype 
came out because they announced that they were going to do the New York Jets, which is obviously one of the most interesting teams this upcoming season. A report came out this morning that Hard Knocks won't be the same as past editions. Hard Knocks will not be the same. They're going to they're not going to be given the same access. Uh, and this is from Adam Schefter. The Jets don't believe it's humane to show players being released. So one of the most fascinating things of Hard Knocks is seeing when guys get cut and how those meetings go. Those meetings will not be shown on Hard Knocks anymore, at least not this season. Um, and then there are other areas that they're not, just not going to get the same access. Um, there had there wasn't there, there weren't any other specific examples given. But this is this is this is bad news for Hard Knocks. I think. I don't I can't back it up, but just based on social media hype, it seems like a show that's been declining over the past five, six years. Um, and now it seems like the Jets are limiting access. So even the parts that were still interesting are just not going to exist at all. So I don't know what they're even going to show on Hard Knocks anymore. So my biggest loser of the week, HBO Hard Knocks. Yeah, I'm with you. The, the behind the scenes access is what makes this show so special and so enjo- and so enjoyable for the fans and for the watchers, uh, the viewers. I, without it, you're just who cares? It's just another team. Right. You you, you want to see Aaron Rodgers behind the scenes, what he's actually like. You want to see all these new moving pieces, what that's actually like. While I understand where the Jets are coming from, the releasing of players, while it's not humane, whatever you want to call it, it it's part of the NFL. Right. You want to see a legitimate behind-the-scenes look of what goes on in the NFL. While it sucks, you want to at least understand, and maybe you come away not saying you're not thrilled that dude's getting cut. No one watching is going, hell yeah, that guy's getting cut. He's out of a job. You're sitting there trying to understand and see where they're coming from and why didn't he make the team. And maybe you come to an understanding, even some empathy, and then you start rooting for the guy who was released to say, hey, I hope he makes it on another team. And then if he does make another team, a practice squad, or he's on the 53, then you find yourself rooting for that guy. So it goes from tragedy to triumph. You lose some of that aspect, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of removes a human connection, one of the biggest human connections that you make in that show, which kind of makes it uh, what it was. So um, like I said before, I haven't watched several Hard Knock series. Um, I was considering watching this one because I think the Jets are a fascinating team. Um, but now I won't. Uh, because of this have you seen quarterback on netflix yet i have not i'm sure you have because i know it features uh, patrick mahomes it also features marcus mariota and i don't know if i have any interest of living through the marcus mariota era in atlanta so i don't know if i'll watch it we'll talk more about this once you get some some episodes under your belt i've not finished it i've watched five of the eight episodes but one thing i found out kirk cousins is awesome I would love to grab a beer and go fishing with Kirk Cousins. And two, you realize how close the margins in the NFL are. There are so many games where the Chiefs were in one-score games. They came away with a victory. So many games with the Falcons, especially early on. I mean, they could have been, what, four and two, five and two early on in that year, but just little things. I'm not trying to bring this up, Ian. I'm no, not it's tra- true though. It's true. But, this is this has always been about the Falcons. They just they, they find ways to lose games that are coin flips. But 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 it's it's you you see just how close the margin of victory yeah. is in the NFL and how the great teams and the average teams even they're not that far off in the grand scheme of things. Just in any given game, um, it's why the Chargers I think would be very fascinating to watch because the Chargers always remind me of this because the Chargers seem to have the talent, the horses, and they always lose close games. 
Yes. Falcons, I don't think quite had the talent of other teams, but you saw just, again, the margin of victory, the margin of error is so slim. I, I think quarterback uh, on Netflix is a very fascinating show. Yeah, and it's uh, it brings up a mindset that I have for betting on sports, not just football in general. I don't think the general sports fan, the casual sports fan, or even some hardcore sports fans realize how much just luck and variance is involved in winning games uh, at the level of professional sports. Um, that's why sometimes you see teams, I call them frauds, team with great, teams with great records in the NFL that I think are bad teams. Because there's so much luck, there's so many one-score games and you have one play go uh, your way or the other quarterback has a bad fumble or a ref makes a bad call and all of a sudden you go from losing a game to winning a game. That happens even just three, four times in a season. That completely flips your season, especially in the NFL where you only play now 17 games. It's such a small sample size of games. Variance and luck is even more important um, than in other sports because generally, especially with sports like baseball, 162 games, that stuff's going to even out over the long run. Even in NBA and NHL, 82 games is generally long enough that things will even out. In football, 16-17 game season, you just get a little bit of luck, a little bit of variance on your side, and you're in the playoffs, maybe even hosting a playoff game, uh, which is actually one of the most fascinating things about football. All right, let's get into the big topic. Running backs aren't getting paid. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, they all failed to reach these multi-year contracts before the deadline for franchise tag players. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think Tony Pollard was the only one that ended up signing the franchise tag so far. I know Saquon has not. I don't know about Josh Jacobs, but uh, Tony, yeah. You're definitely right about Tony Pollard. As recording of uh, on Tuesday, um, that, that that's what we have right now. How shocked are you about the current state of the running back market? Yeah, I think it's something that we've talked about. Uh, actually, it might have been even the last show that we did together, Sterling, that we kind of talked together. And it's just the entire state of the running back position. It's something that we probably should have seen coming over the past uh, number of years. It's slowly gotten to this stage, but I don't really know what the answer is or how to fix it Uh, because now not only do these guys not sign um, or not sign to multi-year contracts. Now the rest of the NFL running backs are speaking out against this. Like we're seeing a mini revolt. Like if we can bring up the Jonathan Taylor tweet. Yeah. I I have that right here. It goes one. It's in um, quote tweeting Matt Miller who says draft a running back, play the running back franchise tag, the running back one time, and then start it over again, draft a running back. Jonathan Taylor went on to say, one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you boost the organization. And then, doesn't matter, you're a running back. And then there's several other running backs that tweeted out similar support. I think the other most notable one was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry says... We can bring this up as well. Yeah, there you go. Go ahead, Sterling. Derrick Henry says, at this point, just take the running back position out of the game then. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give it their all on the organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Yeah, I I mean, it's hard because what are you supposed to do? If if you're a general manager and owner of an NFL team, what are you supposed to do in this situation? Just give a ton of money to running backs just to be like a good guy? Like at the end of the day, the, the margin between very great running backs and good running backs in terms of how much they help the team win is so small that it just doesn't justify giving these players 
huge contracts. Now, at the end of the day, obviously, these guys are putting their health on the line. These guys are working hard. They're fantastic at their craft. But you, it, I'm sorry, but you can't just give guys huge contracts because they're good guys that work hard. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, you need to see what the value they bring to the team. And I think we even brought this up uh, on one of our preview shows. If you look at um, the list of Super Bowl winning teams over the past 15 years, you can't find a team whose offense revolves around the running back. Who even had like a top five running back this past season. I think the only team that I could find in recent history was the Seahawks when they had Marshawn Lynch. And even then, that championship was still more about defense. You had Russell Wilson as your quarterback. Like it wasn't just all on Marshawn Lynch. Last season, the top three rushers in the NFL uh, were on three teams that did not make the playoffs. Uh, Josh Jacobs with the Raiders, Nick Chubb with the Browns, and blanking on the third, Saquon Barkley. No, not no. Saquon was fourth. That's why it wasn't the top four. I don't know who the third running back was off the top of my head, but none of them made the playoffs. Um, so I don't know how you fix the situation. I think one interesting case of this uh, that not a ton of people are talking about is maybe the answer is to kind of do what Aaron Jones has done in Green Bay, which he even at one point took a pay cut to stay with the Packers and he restructured his contract to make less money. And the Packers are holding on to him year after year. So maybe instead of running backs thinking, hey, let me get this huge paycheck, maybe they just kind of need to swallow their pride a little bit and say, hey, I'll make less money, but at least I know this team is going to re-sign me because I'm willing to take less money uh, for a number of years. So you're kind of working for uh, the long term instead of just a big paycheck. Obviously not the best case scenario. They want to make a ton of money for a long period of time. But what's happening is these guys are asking for big contracts when they do get them, they underperform and then they're out of the league in a couple of years. So that's, what's so fascinating. And I, I understand frustrating for these running backs. They might have the shortest shelf life of any player in the NFL. Um, it's also why the owners don't pay these guys. I mean, Todd Gurley is a perfect example. Ezekiel yes. Elliott, um, did you ever think these guys would fall off the face of the earth? I mean, hell, even Alvin Kamara to an extent has not been what he once was. Uh, David Johnson, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And if you're running back, you're saying, hey, we have a short shelf life. Let's make as much money as we can in a short period of time. And then the owners say, okay, but we're not going to pay you once your rookie contract's up because odds are we have already gotten your best years. Right. I, I don't know if there needs to be, and I'm spitballing here, a separate like a minimum amount of money for running backs if there needs to be a hey you've been in the nfl this year we'll have an escalation clause where if you are a third year running back the minimum amount you can make is 2.3 million per year instead of uh 900k i i I don't know what it's going to be but the way the running back market currently sits i understand where the owners and gms are coming from the chiefs are getting production from seventh rounders, undrafted guys. They're getting production from unheralded players. The first round running back is the worst running back on their, on the roster. Like there's no value there anymore. Um, I don't want to say running backs are a dime a dozen because obviously Christian McCaffrey and uh, right. you, you know, the top end guys, Saquon Barkley. Yes, they are very good running backs. They are better than the um, your average player, your average running back, but they're not moving the needle they're not moving the needle for the dollar per per value. There's, it's just not there. Um, I don't know what can be done. I saw Austin Eckler also came out and was um, talking about this as well on Twitter. I think guys like Eckler and uh, Aaron Jones, for example, as you mentioned, they've done a good job because they have grown their game to be good receiving backs as well. And receiving backs typically add more value 
yeah. in today's NFL, but I don't know where they go from here. Barring an entire running back uh, collusion where they all sit out and say, hey, we're not playing until we get something done here. I think this is going to continue. Yeah, maybe the answer is, I mean, if running backs best years are their first few years in the NFL, maybe the answer is like for the running back position, specifically through the draft, if they're a rookie, you know, they, you have to pay them a certain amount. I don't know. I, I don't know what the exact answer is. I don't know if maybe running backs just need to realize that they're just not as valuable as, as they used to be. And it's just kind of a dying position and we'll see what happens in the future. But it's it's interesting. Well, I would say it has to be frustrating for them because when these guys grew up, right? For the most part, a lot of these guys are. You know, I'm 29, so let's just say they're they're 24. They probably didn't have it the same as I did, but it's still think about when we were growing up. The running back position was the that was a fun spot. You yeah. know, yes, quarterback obviously, but running back was really the spot where you're like I want to be a running back. I want to be Priest Holmes. I want to be Sean Alexander. I want to be Ladanian Tomlinson. Like uh, that's what you wanted to be. Yeah. And going back even farther, right? Like th- these were the positions of your name is always in the paper. You're the guy getting the touchdowns. You're getting 27 plus touchdowns a year. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. So I'm sure when they were growing up, they go, I want to play running back. You're, you're the most recognized player on the team and you're getting paid. And now they get to the NFL, they don't get recognized and you're not getting paid. And now you're sitting here trying to fight for every, every dollar because you're getting hit non-stop I can understand the frustration there yeah uh, and like you just said I mean that's these guys are probably taking the most physical beating of any position um in football uh yeah. so I don't know I don't know I don't know what the answer is there there's no good answer no. there is no good answer we, we, uh, we should maybe try though let's just say you and me go to the NFL we take a little percentage cut and we say there has to be a certain dollar amount that each running back gets. And you have to put them on a depth chart, RB1, RB2, RB3, and there's certain slots for each position, each one on the depth chart. That way the running backs actually have to make a, a difference. RB1 makes a difference over RB2, and they get paid accordingly. Look at this, Ian. We're fixing the running back market. Yeah, maybe, but then what if you like? What if you just do a running back by committee like scenario? Like, what if they all three guys on uh, in, on the depth chart split carries? Like, I don't know if you can just do it RB one, RB two, RB three because then what if one game RB two gets more carries than RB one? Does that then make him RB one? Hey, Ian, this is something I came up with in, in thirty seconds. Don't start poking holes. We're supposed to be a team here, Ian. We're a team. I think the solution is has to be something to do with when, when you draft the guys, their running backs are guaranteed a certain amount of money because if we're all going to conclude that their best seasons are, you know, their first three seasons in the NFL, then they should get paid like as if they're at their prime as soon as they come out of college. Yeah. That's the only, I don't say only, that's the best, most logical case uh, outside of the occasional uh, Frank Gore who plays until he's Julio Franco's age. Hmm. Um, they're not playing that long. They're yeah. just not. I mean, if you thought Zeke was going to fall off a cliff, if you thought Todd Gurley was going to fall off a cliff, congratulations, you should should play the lottery. But it, it's so rare when these guys are effective, even at age 27, 28. Those are the real outliers. Todd Gurley looked like he was, he was going to be like a first ballot Hall of Famer to being out of the league in like three years. Yeah. Hey, Falcon. Falcon legend, Todd Gurley. You're right. Falcon great. People forget. Uh, all right, DeAndre Hopkins signs with the Titans. 
Does this make him a playoff team? Uh, no, I think, I think we already talked about the DeAndre Hopkins being the biggest loser this past week. But from a Titans standpoint, at least when I look at the odds, their odds haven't changed whatsoever. I don't know if DeAndre Hopkins – I mean, they, they need, did need a receiver. I mean, it's not going to hurt them to have DeAndre Hopkins on their team. But it, were they a receiver away from being a potential playoff team? Um, no, I certainly don't think so. And odds makers agree their odds have not changed across the boards. Their odds to win the Super Bowl, their odds to win the conference, uh, their odds to win – uh, the division um, still second on the odds list because the Colts and the Texans stink, but um, it's not a needle mover for me. Doesn't get me excited for the Titans season. I, I will say if you are a Titans fan, you should be excited though. I love this move sure. for, for, for the Titans organization and their fans. They needed a wide receiver and this shows that they're not going to sit there knowing that they're not a great team. This at least gives them a better chance. And I like seeing that. I hate when teams are like, you know what? We're not going to be good. We're not going to spend any money. We're going to sit back. At least try. The South is not a great division. It's the worst division in the AFC. This is your best chance to make the playoffs. Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach. No denying that. Yes. Their defense, while it might not be the most talented player-wise, they always seem to have a good scheme and they give good teams issues. They're very, very physical. They play hard for Vrabel as well. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I like them at least trying something. They're at least trying. It's not a crazy contract for DeAndre Hopkins. They needed a wide receiver. Traylon Burks was going to be the wide receiver one. I like Traylon Burks. Love Traylon Burks. He's still unproven. And even if he's great, they still needed someone else. Uh, They don't have a quarterback that makes everyone else better. They needed someone. I like this move for them. I don't think they make the playoffs, but I do think it makes it more interesting, especially we know in any given season, injuries can happen. Injuries can pile it up, can pile up. They really only have one team ahead of them. Again, as we mentioned, um, Jacksonville injuries happen there. Tennessee would be the front runner to win that, that, um, that division. So I like the move in the great, I like the move for Tennessee, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm going to still say, no, they don't make the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's a good move for them. I like it, but also it's not going to, I'm not going to now all of a sudden bet on them to do anything this season. What are their odds to win that division? Uh, around three to one. Not good enough to throw money on. <laughs> I will say, I don't think Houston's good this year, but look out for Houston to be a spoiler at times this season. I, I know I'm, I'm the, the buffoon that keeps talking about the Houston Texans, but I really like what they did in the draft. I like some of the, uh, their underrated moves in the offseason. I think Houston is going to be better than people think because they have a good rookie quarterback. At least I'm, I think he's good. They have a great left tackle, which is very important to keep your rookie quarterback upright. Yeah, I think the Colts are probably the worst team in that division. But yeah, I can't bet on the Titans to win it just because the Jaguars are a team that won it last year. And they're also tre- just trending up as an organization. It's not like the Jaguars hit their peak last year. I actually think they're probably two to three years away from their peak. So they're trending in the right direction. Titans are trending in the wrong direction. It's Jaguars or nothing. But uh, yeah, I do think the Texans would probably be coming at number three and maybe even number two in that division. All right. Dak Prescott had a uh, had a fun little uh, comment here. Dak Prescott says he won't have double digit interceptions this season. Uh, is Dak Prescott manning, uh, planning on missing eight games? Maybe because last year wasn't good for Dak Prescott. He was tied for the lead uh, with interceptions with 15 tied with. Davis Mills, mm. but he played three less games than Davis Mills. He only played 12 Ooh. games last season. Prescott did, and he's tied, and he was tied for the NFL lead in interceptions with 15. Not good. 
Um, and if you look at his previous seasons uh, in 2021, he still threw 10 interceptions, even though he played 16 games, <laughs> 11 interceptions in 16 games in 2019, uh, only eight in 2018 in 16 games, though. So uh, he, he seems to hover around the 10 mark for most of his career up until last year, which was terrible. I will say he's not a mega turnover prone quarterback. Last year was the first year where you had some real concerns. That was the first year where you said, whoa, 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 what's going on with Dak Prescott? I don't think Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. Don't get it twisted. I don't think he's top 10. But he's not known as a turnover-prone QB, at least in my estimation. It's hilarious. You look at, again, you mentioned, was he the, you said, interception leader last year, tied with Davis Mills with 15? Look back 10 years ago. 15 is is top of the mark. (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. You want to go back 20 years. 15 is incredible. Yeah, that's a that's a quarterback that doesn't have any turnovers. Just just the quarterback play has progressed to a level of if you throw two interceptions in a game, that's a horrendous game. Yeah. You look back 20 years ago, two interceptions in a game, he might be winning that game by by two scores. Quarterback play has evolved. They've taken care of the ball so much more. Wide receivers have gotten better. Um I don't know if better is the right right word. Obviously, Jerry Rice could play his prime in today's NFL, but I think the wide receiver twos, wide receiver threes have gotten better. That's the case I'm trying to make is the um, average player has gotten better. They've improved. But it's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Jack Prescott, I I don't think he really has a turnover issue, but he has to throw less turnovers in big moments because the Cowboys need him to be better than he has been. They need him to – actually make a difference because the Cowboys have had a good defense. They've had a great offensive line. They've given him weapons. And at the end of the day, it comes down to him. He has to be the difference maker because the Cowboys have done everything they possibly can to help him out. Now he needs to help them out. Uh, it's interesting. I guess I didn't really think about how many more interceptions quarterbacks used to throw. So I just looked it up while you were talking. I went 20 years ago. So 2003, there were nine quarterbacks that threw more than 15 interceptions. Yeah. Mark Bulger and Joey Harrington led the NFL in 2003 with interceptions. It was 22 each. And then Quincy Carter, Brett Favre, Brad Johnson, Tommy Maddox, Kerry Collins, Jake DeLome, and Byron Leftwich all threw 16 or more. Yeah. That's those were great. some pretty good quarterbacks, too. Yeah. Absolutely. That's yeah, pretty wild. It, it just, just, again, put in perspective, the game has changed. It has evolved. Not saying one's better than the other. I'm just pointing out. Uh, and by the way, cornerbacks back then could also play more physical. That has to be part of the question, too. You, you touch a dude now, it's it's an automatic penalty. Right. You, you could get a little more handsy back then, which I'm sure caused some more 50-50 balls actually being 50-50 balls. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so you, you're not buying Dak Prescott throwing less than 10 interceptions? Uh, no, I don't think less than 10, but I, I think I saw his over under set somewhere at 13 and a half. I would take the under on that though. If you can yeah. find a 13 and a half Dak Prescott interceptions, I do think last year was a little bit of an outlier. I think he improves fewer than 10 is kind of crazy though. Um, yeah. so I, I think he lands somewhere like 11 or 12. Uh, you and I are on the exact same page again, Ian, this is how teammates work. Okay. Not taking shots at you. Like on my idea <laughs> for running back. All right. Uh, rookies are starting to report for training camp. Is it too early to do a fantasy football draft? Yes. I see people doing fantasy football drafts in July and I can't believe it because inevitably what's going to happen is they're going to draft a guy in the first three rounds. He's going to tear his ACL in training camp and then you're screwed for the rest of the season. There's one, whatever the, however long it is, one week or two weeks between the last preseason game, or you could even 
after the second preseason game, which I don't think most, most of the starters don't play in the last one, from then until the start of the season is when you do your draft. I'm seeing all over my Twitter pe- people doing fantasy football drafts now. That's insane. Wait yeah. a month. Wait a month and a week. Right now is cra- a crazy time to do that. I could not agree more. Yes. Couldn't agree more. That, that week between the preseason and start of week one, that is the perfect time. Yeah. Especially if you're in a dynasty league. If you're in a dynasty league and you're trying to figure out what rookies are going to have an impact, what have you seen from them? That makes a lot of sense to me as well. I'm doing my first ever dynasty league this year. Uh, a huge fantasy football guy. Um, not trying to brag. I do pretty well. I think a lot of us who do sports talk radio, who do uh, fantasy football talk, we do pretty well because we keep up on it. We know a lot of the up-and-comers guys who are going to be there in week eight who you have to try and have a little strategy there. So I did pretty well in the year-to-year. First year in a dynasty one. I can't wait to get waxed. So are you doing your draft like you're drafting everyone for the first year of the dynasty league? Yeah, so your first year, and I'm trying to figure out a strategy. Do I go old guys and try and win early? Do I try and play it out? Is quarterback actually way more valuable in a dynasty league than in any other league? For example, would you want to draft a Mahomes, a Joe Burrow, or Josh Allen? Because you know they're going to be there and that good for the next, what, 10-plus years? Or do you go running back, wide receiver, like you traditionally would in a year-to-year NFL draft? I'm intrigued by the strategy here. I'm in a dynasty league. I think we're in our, coming up on our sixth season, I think, sixth or seventh season. So it's getting pretty deep into it. I screwed up my first draft. I had to completely re- rebuild my team for a number of years, but now we're back to being good. I think I, I finished third place last season or fourth place. So, uh, mm. but it took a little while. This first oh, draft. Oh, really Ian, was- I, didn't, I didn't know they get uh, awards for third, third or fourth place. I didn't know that's the, the goal in, in dynasty football. Well, third place, you get your, your, you get your buy-in money back. That's pretty good. We have different different uh, opinions do, of good. You just do well. I'll yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Third place is fine. First and second. First and second. That, that's all that matters. First place you get the money. Second place you get your money back plus like one spot. You get you basically doubled your money. The point is no pressure, but you should be feeling a lot of pressure because if you screw up this first draft of your dynasty league, you're going to be rebuilding for the next five years. So don't screw it up. So you're saying don't draft Percy Harvin and David Johnson, which I'm sure you had six years ago. <laughs> I don't remember who I had six. Yeah, it was it was tough though. I, I like I didn't commit to old guys or young guys. It was just bad. It was it was bad. But I'm rebuilding. I will say, if anyone's listening right now, tag me on Twitter. Give me your thoughts at HomestretchKC. I want to know what I should do in a dynasty draft because I've never done one before. I've only done the year over year. And I want to know your strategy, only if you're good. Or I guess if you're bad, give me your strategy so I can do the opposite. That would also be very helpful. And also just follow Ian McBets because you should follow Ian because he actually knows what he's talking about betting-wise. And he's done very, very good in golf. He's been a golf mastermind. Yeah, don't follow my fantasy advice, though. Uh, maybe follow some bets in football and in golf, but fantasy advice, not for me. Not yeah, for I, me. I don't follow anyone who says third and fourth place is ideal. Uh, all right. NFL Immaculate Grid. What yeah. is this? Let's bring it up. I introduced this last week uh, with Reed Wallach. If anyone listened last week, uh, then you know what it is. But uh, you might know what it is anyways. 
It's the new big trend that's going on in sports. I think the MLB, I think, was the first one, but now there's an NFL version, there's an NHL version. So basically, we're looking at a grid here, a three-by-three grid um, with team logos, both in the rows and in the columns, and then there is one column that has a stat. So you need to name a player in each of the nine blocks that coincides with the two teams or team plus stat um, that is in that row and in the column. If you're uh, if you're watching the YouTube version of this, um, it's obviously a lot easier. You can see it right in front of you. If you're listening to this, either look up the Immaculate Grid or go watch the YouTube version. If you do watch the YouTube version of the show, give us a like and a subscribe. Um, so Sterling, do, uh, I don't think you said you haven't done this. So have I explained no. it good enough? Do you, do you understand what we're doing here? One question. So yes. were the Jets, let's just say Jets lineup. Do they yes. have to be someone who played for the Jets and San Fran? Yes. So and then, and then so the Jets and they also had to play for the Bills. Yes. Okay. So this for, is going to be very hard. So for today's Immaculate Grid, along the top, we have the Jets, the Jaguars, and we have at least three receiving touchdowns in one single game dating back to 1999. Uh, and then across the side, the uh, Rose. Um, is the 49ers, the Bills, and the Cardinals. Now, I did the same thing uh, this week that I did last week, where I did it first myself, so then I at least have some answers we can fall back on. Um, I'm going to see if I can come up with some different answers I didn't come up with the first time, but at the end of the day, um, I did it earlier, and I got eight of the nine. There was one block I could not figure out. I had to try to look it up. Uh, Question. Yes. So the last block, the Bills, three across. Yes. Correct. That's just someone who only played for the Bills. No, that person no. But but it's while they Davis. while they played for the Bills, they scored at least three touchdowns in a single game. Okay, that's Gabe Davis. Okay. So let's it, let's let's do a, Yep, go ahead. It was against the Chiefs. <laughs> there you go. So let's do the right column first because this is actually one of the easiest stats that they've had, which is yeah. three plus receiving touchdowns in a game. So yes, Gabe Davis, twenty seven point one two percent of people have said Gabe Davis. I put on the other obvious answer, answer which was Stephon Diggs. Sixty one percent of people said Stephon Diggs, which is the other fun thing to do is it shows the percentage of how many people who have done it used that player. So what's even more impressive is if you can fill out the grid while filling it out with all low percentage, like rare players that most people aren't thinking of. Okay, number three for Arizona. Let's do Arizona. Arizona, so a player who scored at least three receiving touchdowns in a game, sometimes since 1999, for Mm, the Cardinals. I I wanted to say, don't do it. I wanted to say Rondell Morks. I thought he had three in one game last year, but I don't think they were all receiving. I Um, think there are a lot more obvious answers you could go with. Well, I know, but I'm trying to get the low numbers. Yes. I'm trying to, come on. Also, here's the... Here's, here's the issue, though, is you only get nine guesses. So if you get a single one wrong, you can't, like, complete the grid. So you yeah. have to kind of balance, like, rare, but also you don't want to, like, lose based on trying to go too rare. If you want to go Rondale Moore, we can. No, no. I think that's pretty uh, impressive, though. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I guess DeAndre Hopkins is the obvious one. Is that obvious? Yeah, did it, I mean, did he score three in a single game? I'll give you my answer for, for this one because my answer was somewhat rare um, and I was positive of it. Let's go a little bit older school. Let's go Anquan Bolden. Mm, good one. I was considering Anquan Bolden for San Fran. <laughs> okay. Nice. Let's go San Fran. Nice. 
Um, all right, San Fran. Since 1999. Yeah, so no Jerry have, Rice. You know, unless he did it, I think his last season was 90, 99 and 2000. So unless he did it one of those two years, you might have Anquan Bolden again. You, um, you would have Brandon Ayuk. You would have Debo Samuel. You would have, I'd assume, actually, George Kittle has probably done it as well. Um, George Kittle's probably a pretty good call. I went with someone yeah. a little bit longer ago. I went with a guy who was 11% named. Who'd you go with? I went with Michael Crabtree. Ooh, nice. Do you want Crabtree or Kittle? Let's go Kittle to see to see if that's let's change it up. Oh, that was wrong. <laughs> How dare you? How does you? George Kittle not have three touchdowns in a game? That's absurd. Uh let's leave that out because it's not it's not let's because it's not even going to let us guess the other ones. So we know we at least have Crabtree for it. Just pretend like it's there. Sure. Um, I'm shocked about Kittle. Yeah, I am too. That is a... That's a stinger. Okay, let's move over to the next column here. Uh, Cardinals, Jaguars. There is a player that should be pretty obvious for this one. Cardinals, Jaguars. What year was this? Current. Current. Oh, Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, yep. I mean, I wouldn't say it's that obvious. I mean, yeah, he's played for both teams, but the thing I would say about Christian Kirk is it's Christian Kirk. True. I guess guess when I say obvious, I mean, like, they're currently the only guy. Yeah, yeah, the only guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have to go back to, like, 2005 to guess it. Um, Bills and then uh, Jaguars. Bills and Jaguars. Okay. So this, this is where w- this is where I initially got one wrong because I mixed two players up and then got it right and then I never even got really a chance to guess 49ers Jets. Was this one going back? Is this one going back in the day a little bit? This is no, this is somewhat recent. Somewhat recent. Hmm. Tight end or wide receiver? Either. Man, my this is so hard. On the so, spot, you're making me have to. I know. So, so I'll, I'll give you my thought process. So I originally thought it was CJ Spiller, and that's why I put in first. But I got it. I got it mixed up because CJ Spiller was on the Bills, but I got it mixed up with a guy who was a very similar name. It's not CJ. It's TJ. TJ Spiller. TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon, the running back. He started, in, think, Jackson, started you, in Jacksonville and then he ended with the Bills. Yeah, Dude, if you think I was ever going to get TJ Yeldon, who had three-plus <laughs> receiving touchdowns on both Jacksonville and Buffalo, you're out of your mind. Huge NFL guy. Would not have ever guessed TJ Yeldon. Apparently 15. No, so, no, th- so, he, so that doesn't have anything to do with receiving touchdowns, though, because that, that's the other column. Oh. So this one is just a player that was both on the Bills and the Jaguars. Oh, okay. I thought it had to have three plus receiving touchdowns. No, that's only for the for the far right column. Oh, okay. This makes it easier. Yes. <laughs> Dog, I was like, no chance, TJ Yeldon. No. Now you understand my. That's why you asked receiver with Christian Kirk. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hey, I'm a I'm a boomer over here. I'm 29. I'm going on 92. I read books. I like my bourbon and cigars. Um, 
You're the I, oldest 29 year old of all time. Oh, by far, by yeah. far. I'm ancient, dude. Um, all right, Jacksonville and San Fran. Yes, this can be can it be anyone, offense and defensive players. Yes, oh. any player that played on both teams at any point in their career. Gosh, well now this make me hurt my head. Um, Let me know if you want a hint. I'm gonna be going through everyone over here. Is it a Blaine? Not Blaine Gabbard. Um, yes, Blaine Gabbard. He played for both, right? Yeah, that that that's why I put it. Yeah, he started with yeah. Jacksonville and he was on San Francisco. Yeah, that's why I put. See that Mizzou sign ball above my uh, my shoulder. Yep, Blaine Gabber, baby. There you go. Perfect, fitting. Yeah. So now we're working on the column that has Jets. So it's a Jets and a 49er, a Jets and a Bill, and a Jets and a Cardinal. I went deep, deep shots on two of the three, and I never got a 49er and Jet. Never. Let's start with that one then. See how we did it. Okay. Jets and Niners. Who you want to go with? I thought my initial thought was Brandon Lloyd. That's not correct. I, I don't think he ever played for the Jets. Um, and then I did look it up and the name I found is not an obvious name that we're going to think of. I'm curious if there is a more obvious name though. Was it, so there wasn't many then is what you're saying. Mm, I don't think so. I'm trying to think of a, at least not back. many obvious ones. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a running back or a wide receiver. I know there's someone who's screaming at us right now saying you guys are a bunch of, Oh, a hundred percent. Okay. Sorry. Um, There has to be a running back. And it's so tough because like both for like Trey he, Sermon. Where's Trey Sermon at now? Trey Sermon. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't think he's, he's with the Jets now. It's so tough because like I don't follow like where offensive linemen go and most defensive players. I don't really follow where they go. Um, did did uh, Brandon Marshall ever play for San Fran? Who? Right. End of year, end of his career, Jets. Brandon Marshall, that's not a terrible guess. I, I I can't think of one better than that. I mean, I could always just use the one I looked up, but I feel yeah, like who'd you, who'd you look up? I don't. I don't I'm trying I, to find it again. I've lost it. But let's 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 go with Brandon Marshall. We can't spend all day on this, so I, yeah. I think that's as good of a guess as any. I don't think it's going to be there. Oh yeah, there's two. There's a, uh, the one that's a wide receiver, not the linebacker. Yeah. No, no, he didn't play for San Fran. Let's see if we can get the other two Bills and Jets player. This is a player, the guy who I don't know why he came to mind, but I got him right. And he is chosen by only 0.22% of people. What was it? I put in Terrell Pryor. Wow. I just, for some reason, I remember him like a handful of years ago playing for the Jets and the Bills in the same season. He was released by one team and then signed with the other. I don't know why I remember that. It was Throw deep that in, in my there. brain. Throw that in there. Throw in Terrell Pryor. That's awesome. And I'm sure, I mean, obviously, based on the percentages, uh, let's just type in the last name P-R-Y-O-R. There we go. That's absurd. Oh, that actually Jets. could work. He's wearing a Jaguars uniform. I guess that could have worked uh, for the Jaguars and Bills, too. Uh, all right. So Jets. then let's try Jets Cardinals. Cardinals. I got a guy who's 6.41%. So I went pretty deep with this guy as well. Uh, it was a running back that I got for, for this spot. 
You got to go back mm-hmm. a little ways, though. It wouldn't be our David Johnson to... one. David Johnson didn't end up playing for the Jets, did he? <laughs> I, I don't think David Johnson played for the Jets. I had to go back to the 2000s for this guy. Okay. Oh, and I'll give you a further hint. This guy ended his career with the Chiefs. Hmm. Well, Le'Veon Bell ended his career with the Chiefs. Way before that. LaShawn McCoy ended his career before with the that. Chiefs. This is the 2000s. He played for the Chiefs in 2010-2011. Jackie Battle. <laughs> that's no, not no, no, I'm that's kidding. Not I'm kidding. No, no, Richard, don't put Jackie Battle. I'm being facetious. I'm, I was being a uh, smartass. Oh, man. Peyton Hillis ended up. <laughs> so I put in Thomas Jones. Oh my gosh, the biggest biceps in the history of the world. Thomas Jones, yeah. Throwback. Thomas Jones legitimately had the largest biceps I have ever seen in my entire life. He was getting carries over Jamal Charles because of those biceps. Oh, does that show? Does that give us... Oh, Frank Gore. How did we not come up with Frank Gore for 49ers Jets? We are dumb. That's the one that we are getting yelled at. And then Terrell... Terrell Owens for 49ers. Yeah, I guess that makes sense for 49ers well, yeah, yeah. plus receiving touchdowns. Who do they say? I I'd Michael Crabtree. Um, so really, 49ers Jets. I lost both when I did it by myself, and we did it as as a team. I don't. We sh- Frank Gore would Frank be an answer the, the for so many different that. for so many different like combinations of immaculate curd. Yeah, just just put Frank Gore. What are the other top answers there? Blaine Gabbert was the top answer. I think it's a little fuzzy on my screen here. It's like in baseball. It's like, what team did this guy play for? Just put Octavio Dotel. Like, yeah. Octavio Dotel played for, like, 37 teams. He played for the Expos, too. Like, we're, we're going back. Oh, Josh. This one is Frank Gore. Josh McCown for Jets Cardinals. Ryan, yeah. Is that Ryan Fitzpatrick for Bills Jets? That would have been a good one. I can't see the one in the middle. Or the oh, Larry Fitzgerald for Cardinals. This is very fun. Yes. Um, Ryan Fitz. Paul Puslusny. Is that who it is for the Bills and the Jaguars? Who is Paul Puslusny? Folks know who that is? I am now a linebacker for 11 seasons with the with the Jaguar. Uh, Yeah. Okay. I am now playing Immaculate Grid every single day of my life. And uh, I will have an issue. There you go. I will become addicted. There are worse things to be addicted to, but this is going to be like, uh, it's like the, it's like the modern version of Wordle, but for sports fans. Yeah, this is, this is outstanding. All right. Before we get out of here, Ian, what the hell has been going on with you? Uh, I just came off my two week long vacation where I ate like crap and drank almost every day. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a, um, I don't know. I got a fast or something. I got a (laughs) detox a little bit, um, but I'm now back in New York and that's just about it. Ready to uh, start ramping up for football season. Yeah. Uh, I was on vacation, Southern Indiana for family reunion. Uh, My mom has 40 first cousins. So it is a very large family reunion. Uh, We we get teams for volleyball, pickleball, basketball. Uh, We do an obstacle course. Uh, me and my 6'10 cousin, we're, we're getting into it, trying to uh, – NFL teams need to do this. You get cones, and you have 
to do a whole bunch of these other obstacles. It's very fun, but uh, throwing it out there that going up against your 6'10 cousin uh, when you're 5'10 is very difficult to try and get good footing. Okay. Little, little, little arm swipe and I'm just getting thrown about. Uh, also got, got engaged. Uh, oh, congratulations. To my, to my girlfriend. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a romantic man. Okay. Ian. Uh, you buried the lead. Gazebo. Should have talked about that at the, uh, at the top of the show. It's great stuff. Yeah, People don't care about that. People want to hear about DeAndre Hopkins and about how, see, see, I gave my girlfriend a ring. DeAndre Hopkins is still going to be ringless. That that's the whole the whole story. That's there what we go. should have made for the title. The title is Sterling gets a ring. DeAndre Hopkins does not. Perfect. Brought a full circle. Yeah. Well, and this was a lot of fun. This was stacking the box, and and damn, does it feel good to be back? Absolutely. Feels great to be back. We'll have a lot more content coming towards you guys, everyone listening. If you guys want to do us a huge, huge solid, give us a review, throw us a like, give us a comment. Any questions you may have, we will answer them. If you want to follow us on Twitter, that'd be a huge, huge plus as well. Ian McBets, that's I-A-I-N-M-A-C-B-E-T-S. I'm over here at Homestretch KC. Until next Tuesday, we are out. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.